This is the Just Because Podcast, where home bakers find inspiration to grow their baking business. I'm Amanda Johnse. Let's get into today's episode. Today is a special day because I get to share an amazing interview I had with an incredible baker and pastry artist named Melody Lorenzo. She's the founder of Sweet Condessa Pastries, where she specializes in artisanal Filipino and Latin-inspired desserts. Her story is pretty much something you could see in a movie. She came to America from the Philippines in 2002, took a three-day baking course, became so inspired, started her own bakery, and after almost three years of doing this as a side hustle, She decided to go full-time with her bakery two weeks before the COVID shutdown and chaos happened. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) Are you excited to listen to her story? Without further ado, here is the interview. Please welcome Melody from Sweet Condessa Pastries. I'm so excited to have her on this podcast. Um, We've actually known each other for two years now. Um, but we've never met each other in person. So this interview is actually the very first time we were talking to each other, (laughs) which is crazy. But we met through Instagram, through a mutual friend, and it's been long overdue. But she is just a powerhouse. I'm so excited to have her on the show. So Melody, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story and just how you got to where you are today. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Amanda, for this opportunity to be a guest on your new podcast show. (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) So yeah, um, well, let me start like, you know, my my story that I never baked before, ever. (laughs) Um, You know, I was born and raised in the Philippines. And um, my mom had a catering business at that time. So growing up, I was really exposed to, you know, being entrepreneurship. And I just remember... You know, being there, um, being there in the Philippines, um, my my aunt, which which uh, you know they're they're here in California. They would send boxes of goodies, you know, like once or twice a year, and then I will just be like, you know, oh, they sent like a box, you know, those um, cake mix in a box, mm-hmm. and um, so you know, I would try to bake it, and honestly, it's either it's um, not bake or so yeah so anyway yeah so it's like okay forget it you know um but even then i've i've loved to cook um and you know just trying different dishes but when it came here to the u.s um that was in 2002 i was just like amazed with um you know the desserts i see um, you know, at the shops, uh, pastry shops. And also I love um, watching Food Network at that time. My first job was actually in the hospitality industry. So I worked as a telephone operator. And and after that, I kind of switched after a year as a front desk person. And, you know, working graveyard as a night audit, which is not the, the greatest job ever, because like you work from 10 to 7, you know, 10 to 7, wow. 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. And after that, then a couple of years later, I decided to start a business. 
And that was like in 2005 or 2006, somewhere there. But it was totally different. It's not food related. I just love crafting um, since I was a kid. So I thought like, okay, I'm going to be making like handmade pillows, those decorative pillows. Um, Cause during my, during, during that time, like when I was still back home in the Philippines, I would travel to Thailand and I was just, um, you know, just amazed like with all these handicrafts that I've seen. So anyway, so I quit my hotel job and started this online store and I would sew pillows. Oh. Like, you know, nothing fancy. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay. So I said, I was brave enough to like quit my job and like, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, I spent $2,000 on the website and like, uh-oh, nobody's buying. <laughs> no, but okay. So like, okay, maybe I can do like, um, some, uh, like farmer's market or those other, you know, festivals. So after that, it wasn't really sustainable because, you know, I wasn't really making a lot of um, any, um, you know, any profit. So in 2006, like, oops, I have to find another full-time job. I got hired to work for the state of California doing clerical work. But then my mindset was like, okay, well, the state has great benefits. If I work here until like I'm 60 plus then I have the best retirement. And, you know, if I work for 20 years, at least 20 years, my health coverage will be set. But it's like, you know, like you're sitting in front of the computer eight to, you know, eight to five, you're doing the same thing. It's like, I don't see myself doing this until mm -hmm. I'm 60. So mm -hmm. it was because I, I always, I, you know, again, I always have that creative mindset. Having a desk job is like, you know, that that's, not me. Although, you know, I mean, I'm I'm grateful that I've had that experience because now I'm like realizing, oh my gosh, if I didn't work for the state at that time, then I wouldn't know anything about being a business yeah. Yeah, a business owner. So I've I really learned a lot. Um, you know, the foundation, everything, especially, you know, with being an entrepreneur. There's so much, there's so much to to learn so much to really like, it, it's it's really complex, especially like with compliance and everything like that. So in between that, like in 2008, that was, yeah, I, I was, I had my first state job. I found out that the owner of my favorite bakery yet, she was offering a three-day baking wow. workshop. I remember at that time, like, oh my gosh, like we were fur furloughed. Because um, due to, I don't know what was going on with the state, I think budget mm. deficit and recession. And, um, you know, of course, um, my paycheck wasn't like the, the greatest. Like I, I was trying to make ends meet at that time. But then I said, I have to actually attend this workshop. You know, it was like, I think it was like $500 for three days. And I said, you know what? I... Uh, I just yeah. have to do this. So I did. So I took time off for three days. And uh, yeah, and then I went to the city. Again, never bake. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually make a chocolate cake from scratch. So that was pretty exciting. While working for the state, I was doing side hustle. Okay, like I'm going to bake for family and friends. 
And um, so I did. You know, it's just like charging bare minimum. Of course, I, I don't I don't really think about costing or how much should I charge for this cake. I don't think about, oh, how much time did I spend on this mm-hmm. cake? <laughs> you know, because like you're just doing it as a hobby. Like, you know, like you don't think about these things. So, yeah. So I I did that for like probably a couple of years. But then um, during that time, I was also a single mom. So like, and plus with the other side hustle as being Zumba instructor. Wow. So like, I cannot really do a lot. So, like I have to give up one because from being full-time to baking, to teaching Zumba three times a week, plus my, was he two or three? I think he was two years old at that time. So it's like, it was just hard. Like, you know, there's no way. 2017, I stopped baking totally. Because I thought like, you know, um, I can't mm-hmm. do it anymore. Um, my son and I, who was then eight years old, you know, I always talked to him that I want to have a business when I retire from the state. I'm going to do this when I'm 60. And then he just asked me like, why would you do it when you're you're so old? <laughs> So yeah, so the next morning, like I woke up like, that's right. Why would I do that when I'm like in my 60s? I'm probably not going to have any energy, <laughs> you know, standing for like eight hours or so. What I remember was, okay, I guess I have to do this now, you know, I mean, it's now or never. Yeah. I registered the business, you know, fictitious business name. I um, I got my business license And I scheduled my food safety course. I started my Instagram page and my Facebook. Just getting orders from family and friends in the beginning. January of 2018, that was my first bridal social. And I joined just because, you know, okay, let's see. Maybe I can do some weddings, you know. So, yeah, I had literally like a small table that I can only fit three cake plates. That was the start. So 2018, I had two small wedding orders. And then 2019, I had five weddings booked that I catered. And these are like full dessert bar. We're talking about five different kinds of desserts for like 200 people, 200 guests. And yeah, that was like, wow, like, I'm really doing this right now. So, you know, of course, at that time, I, I was still working. And um a lot of um, stuff happened uh, for the past two and a half years when I started, you know, there's just a lot of opportunities that really helped my business grow. And then, of course, early this year, that's when I decided that I really want to do this full time because this year supposed supposed to be I, I was supposed to have 10 mm. weddings to cater. But because of yeah. um, the pandemic, you know, everything everything got rescheduled. So, yeah. yeah we're wow. Okay. So, this year was the start of you being full-time with Sweet Condessa. Is that right? Oh, my goodness. I have yes. so many questions. So, first off, though, I just want to say that I'm so amazed by your drive Like the fact that you came to America in 2002 and then started your online business with the pillows, like, where do you think that comes from? Like, did you always have that entrepreneurial passion in you? Like, 
how did you overcome maybe any fears you had? Like you're in a brand new place. How did you even think to want to start something on your own? I guess, you know, again, like what I mentioned, my mom, you know, um, growing up, she's always hustling. Like she didn't have a stable job because she was just, you know, taking care of me and my sister. So, but she loves to cook. So I was just influenced by her, her drive to like, to be an entrepreneur. And yeah, because I remember like, she was just like, oh, um, she's cooking for like 100 people. Like, how are you going to do that? <laughs> so, and she doesn't have any culinary background, you know, like, it's, I guess, like, you know, like in, 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 uh, for Filipinos, like, you know, we, we always love to cook. So I guess that, that's, that's natural, natural for, for us. And yeah, so like watching her like do her own hustle, I think that made me think like, I yeah. can do this too. But you're right. It was like, it was just so risky. Like I was just here like three years later, I quit a full-time job and yeah. like, I'm going to do this online <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, it was, of course I failed, but you know what? It's okay. You know, it's like, it's not the end of the world. I can find, you know, other ways to like, you know, like, again, I went back to yeah. the workforce. Yeah. No, that's so inspiring yeah. because it just shows you that failure and success, like they're on the same path. Like you need to go through all of that in order to learn. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you learned so much from your first business to now grow your business now and become full time. One question I have for you is yes. while you were still having your full time job and doing Sweet Condessa, what made you decide to finally go full time? Like, was it literally just one day you woke up saying, I want to do this full time and you did it? Or like, what was that process like? There's actually a lot of reasons. Number one was I have two small children. Me working full-time, working on the business, plus taking care of them. It was a lot, a lot for me to, to handle in a way that on a week on weekends when I'm catering, like I I don't have time mm. for them at all. So it's like I have that guilt feeling that, oh my gosh, like here I am like at a wedding, trying to set up a dessert table or baking late night and my kids are home, you know, of course with my husband, but you know, like being a mom, like I have that guilt feeling, feeling that, oh my gosh, like I need more time for them. And because also on the week on weekdays, I also bake. So if I take time off from my full-time job, it's because I have to also bake. If I have a big catering on a weekend also it's not healthy because last year was like kind of like the breaking point that I, mm -hmm. I was getting burned out and lack of sleep and then I have to prep my kids to go to school drop them off to do two different schools and then drive to Oakland to go to my full-time job it, you know there's just a lot and then when I'm sitting at my cubicle I'm just so exhausted I don't want to, I don't want to like think about, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to go through this day? Like, it, it's just, it's, it's too much for me. Plus you think about how am I going to grow my business if I have, if I'm sitting here from eight to five, you know, 
there's just a lot. So, you know, luckily, my husband and I agreed like, okay, 2020 is the year to go full time. And of course, like we had to figure out things because of course, like if I quit my job, then because of the kids, like I, we need to have health coverage. You know, that's that's the one important thing that you have to consider. You cannot just yeah. quit and then what are you going to do? You know, what sick. So that that's that those are the things that we have to really think about and plan. Well, I'm so glad you decided to go full time. That which leads me to my next question. How are you navigating this season? Right? 2020 is not what anyone expected, but here you are. You decided to go mm-hmm. full time. You're now offering shipping and you're at farmers markets, you're doing so many things. Yeah. How has that happened? What is going through your mind this year and how are you able to still push through and be so strong right now? Like what, what advice would you have for other bakers who are kind of struggling in this season and don't really know what to do? Now that I'm thinking about it, my last day at my, my, my full-time job was like February. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Two weeks before shelter in place. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, like the, 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 cause that was like, I, I think that was like February 28th, if I'm not mistaken, or 27, I can't remember that Friday, that was my last day. So the next day, Saturday, my husband, you know, me and my family actually went to Bodega Bay to, ce- yeah. Bodega Bay to celebrate, you know, you know, we got seafood, <laughs> we got, you know, like, you know, like let's celebrate. Cause like, I, I quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that first two weeks, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna drop off the kids, come back home and do a little bit of um, work. And then, you know, deal with um, emails and stuff. Because at that time, I was already planning to um, uh, do wholesale. I, I was partnering with coffee shops and restaurants in San Francisco. That was mm-hmm. the main reason why, yeah. you know, like, okay, if if I'm going to quit, I need to do this. So yeah, I just got my license from um, the Department of Public Health to be able to sell wholesale to other uh, food establishments. My my mindset was like, okay, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Um, um, I, I was just already planning my schedule, like when will be when will I deliver? I have to be mindful about my kids' schedule as well, right? I can only do this like if if they're in school or when they get off from school, my husband's home, you know, things like that. But then March 16, oh shelter goodness. in place. And I was like, wow, what yeah. am I going to do? It was hard for me to process. It was like, I had questions to myself, like, did I actually quit my job at the right time? Or did I make a mistake? I questioned myself. But then on a brighter note, like, okay, well, shelter in place, at least I'm home with my kids. The weekend after I quit, I had my afternoon tea tasting event in San Francisco. I was so excited because like, oh my gosh, like I'm hosting this event and I'm now a full-time entrepreneur, right? And then I was I was promoting my next event um, at the end of March, but then which got canceled because of the pandemic. I I didn't know what to do at that time. So like I need to still have that presence on Instagram. So what I did was like I was just cooking, cooking 
uh, for a fam- for my family and like or baking or whatever. I was just posting random stuff because I I feel like I still need mm-hmm. to have that presence, yeah. you know. Um, that's very important. So um, I decided like, oh, I'm gonna shop at the farmers market here in San Ramon. I was just looking at the different vendors, and I was like, I had this idea like, what if I sell my stuff here? So. I went home and then I look at their website and then I send them an email. They didn't respond to me. So the following weekend, I went back and then I asked who's the organizer of the farmer's market. So I talked to I talked to the guy and then he said, oh, yeah, so just bring in bring in your your samples and so the following weekend, I was supposed to bring the samples, but then I wasn't really, I wasn't feeling well at that time. So I had to postpone it the following week. So, but in between that, he already looked at my Instagram mm-hmm. and, and he was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, oh bring God. it in. <laughs> so, so I brought, um, of course, my bestsellers, I brought calamansi pie which is a Filipino lime, like my mm-hmm. version of yeah. lime pie. Um, I brought ube, mm. ube pie, and a um, baraco coffee pie, which is like, um, you know, the baraco is from, from Batangas in the Philippines. So I brought that, and I think I brought a couple of bars that I'm uh, one of our best sellers too. So yeah, so they had this tasting team. The way it's set up, they have this curbside pickup too, here in the the at uh, the San Ramon Farms Market, they have this curbside pickup. Like they have this big room um, where they have a bunch of produce and other stuff. So we were just like they sit the uh, they put the box in one table and they were just like, oh, let's go, let's try this, right? And so yeah, so they were just like tasting it and like here I am like just oh standing gosh. there watching this. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> so right, and then yeah, that one bite is like okay, yeah, you're in, you're in. So that was like quick. I was just so excited because like not only I'll get to bake again um, regularly, but then also then I can expand my market because I normally I would do community events in San Francisco, but mm, I haven't done anything here in the Tri-Valley. So which is like I was excited to do that. It was crazy. Let's see, because we started at nine o'clock and then by 11, I was already sold out. Oh my goodness. The past um, few weeks, we had heat wave, and then with a wildfire yeah. going, air quality is bad. So I I actually see a decline in sales, which is like expected because I know farmers market they're year round, but there's you know it's not like you know summertime is big like people. People want to go out, you know, especially now that, you know, a lot of people are working mm-hmm. from home, um, you know, they still want to go out. Right. So, yeah. So summertime is is big. But then with the heat wave and the wildfire, with the air quality, that those are the factors that there's you can't control. Um, I'm just trying to kind of like, OK, what what would be the other, you know, kind of like outlet to kind of like uh, continue this business and expand? I thought, well, this is the perfect time to offer shipping. One, uh, a lot of my followers, they've been asking me like, oh, do you ship? But then 
at that time, because, you know, I, I cannot, it, it's, it's a big commitment to doing, you know, offering yeah. shopping. It's not like, okay, you're just going to bake and then they're going to pick it up. You know, it, it's a whole different process. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is um, the last quarter of the year, right? Um, from October to December. Like, what would be the other ways to, you know, have that cash flow? It's funny because I've been always thinking about this. And then so last week I created this um, Instagram post on Canva. I just put a um, um, an illustration of the calamansi pie. I've received um, DMs and comments and like, oh, can you ship to New York? Can you ship to? Oh my god! Yeah, it's it. I have I have people asking, can can they ship to Texas? And I go, okay, well, I can do a um, I can start doing a waitlist. So then I have an idea, like, okay, what would be the quantity? that I want to make. Mm-hmm. Right. So I did a post that we're, we're opening our wait list, blah, blah, blah. And then you can um, go to our website and then complete the contact form. And I don't have a specific form for that. Just mention Coleman C pie. So now like, okay, I just want to do originally, I just want to do 25. Well, then I decided, okay, I have the 30th person on the wait list. Okay. Let's close it. Right. When you put up the post about, you know, coming sooner, the shipping, did you already have all the details planned out for how you were going to ship and like how many you want to do and all that? Or were you just kind of testing the waters first? I already have a plan. You know, everything is already typewritten. Um, I have the shipping company wow. already. I talked to them already. Um Packaging, I already figured it out. Um, but then how do I make the packaging more of sweet condessa? It has the sweet condessa feel, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm working on. So, yeah, so everything. But then, of course, like, even though you have all these plans, there's still a little tiny bit of details that, hey, is this really going to work, you know, kind of thing. So that's why it's like I'm giving myself like a good two weeks, two and a half weeks to like just making sure every detail is covered. So I guess like mm-hmm. one thing we can learn from this is during this pandemic, you still were just present and showed up for your audience on Instagram. Instagram seems to have Absolutely. been a very good marketing source for you, right? Like the organizer from farmer's market mm-hmm. stumbled upon your page and said, yes, let's have you in. And then people who are following you from all over the States now are so excited Mm -hmm. that you're able to ship these pies. Like, do you think Instagram has been like the number one source for you in terms of like getting you clients and all of that? Yeah, it's, it's a big, um, there's a big percentage. And then also because I'm, I'm part of a, uh, this community called Pinaista. I saw that. Yeah. So it, it's been like, it's been helping me a lot because, you know, like without your community, it's, it's just so hard. Like you cannot, you cannot really um, be able to grow a business without a community and not only community, not just like your customers, but your support system basically. So yeah. So that, that's, you know, um, that's big. And yeah, and then just word of mouth, of course. 
I'm just so blown away by how you're able to quickly pivot. And you're just like, you just seem fearless. You're like, nope, like I'm going to start offering shipping now. Or like this pandemic is not going to hurt my business. Nothing's going to hold me back. Like, I just love that about you. I think that's so inspiring and motivating. And I'm so glad that you're on this podcast because I know that you're speaking to so many people right now because they need to hear this. I also wanted to quickly touch upon how you moved out of the commercial kitchen in Oakland, right? And now where are you baking? (laughs) I am currently baking at the Miette Bakery in Jacqueline Square. So crazy. (laughs) And let's just pause really quick. So for those listening, remember that Melody took a three-day workshop that was hosted by... Yes the Miet owner. Like Miet is how she got into baking. So it's just wild how full circle this is. And how did that happen? Like, how are you baking out of there now? In the beginning of Sweet Condessa, I just reached out to Meg Ray, who's the owner of Miet. I messaged her. I didn't get her response right away, but then I think it took about a couple of weeks. And then she said, Oh, I don't check my Facebook all the time. Send me an email. So she gave her email. And so I emailed her right away. And then I just casually introduced myself that I'm Melody. I took your class um, back in 2008. And um, yeah, and then I'm started, I, I started my business, blah, blah, blah. And then I asked, I was wondering if you have the time if we can meet up and maybe I can bring you some samples. So we set up a time. I went to um, the Miet location in Jack London Square. I was just excited. I was nervous. I, you know, this mixed emotions. And yeah, so I got there and she gave me a hug. And then, yeah, so that was it. So we sat in her inside her office. We just chat and then... All I remember was she took me to her kitchen. She gave me a tour. She gave me a tour of, um, you know, she showed me her equipment. That night, she said that she had planned um, dinner. And she goes, like, this is perfect. I'm going to serve this to my guests. After a couple of days, she, she commented on one of my Instagram posts and said that her guests enjoyed um, wow. my creations. It was good. You know, like, you know what you're doing. And so she responded. She said, you can bake here at Miet. And I responded right away, like, really? I, I couldn't believe it. Now I don't have to deal with bringing my own mixer. I'm, I'm so grateful for her. Yeah. Wow. That is an incredible story. Like, I feel like I just watched a movie about the life of your bakery. <laughs> <laughs> how it was formed and how it came to life and all of the amazing things and opportunities that you have had since you started. Like, it's just so incredible to see an amazing, strong woman like you pave the road for so many others. And I just love what you're doing. I yeah. feel like you just know your purpose and you know your why of why you're starting your bakery. And that's beautiful. You are killing it. And especially in this 
season with that pandemic and you're still finding ways to show up and serve your community with your amazing desserts. Like I applaud you for that. I just wanted to end the podcast. I always ask every guest this, but what advice do you have for home bakers who are wanting to start a bakery or maybe they're still full-time with their day job and they want to eventually become full-time with their bakery or they're just not feeling confident? Like what words of advice would you have for them? Um, I guess the advice I can give to um, aspiring or, you know, those who are actually already started um, with their baking business don't wait too long. There's no such thing as the perfect timing. You just have to start. You don't know if there's opportunities out there that you're missing out. One way or another, you will fail. That That's already given. You're not going to be successful in the beginning for sure, you know. But don't lose that determination. If you fail, it's fine. Then you can just learn from that and think like, oh, how am I going to improve this, right? How am I going to do it in a different way? It's not just about dreaming. You have to put action too. Oh my goodness. It was so incredible to speak with Melody. Her story is beyond inspiring and just full of so many lessons. Here are some takeaways I got. Number one, be persistent. Do not take no as the final response. When you reach out to people for opportunities, follow up. Most of the time, if you don't receive a response, don't take it personally. People are just crazy busy and may miss something or just forget to respond. So just initiate and follow up. Number two, network with local businesses and vendors and join local business groups. There are so many local groups out there, and these help you form communities of other like-minded people who want to help market your business and help you grow. Lastly, take bold action. Let the fear of not trying be greater than the fear of something not working out perfectly. You always learn from every decision you make. If it doesn't turn out how you want it, You can just pivot and improve, but there will never be the perfect time to do something. Take it from Melody. She quit her corporate job and went full time with her bakery just two weeks before the COVID shutdown. To many, that would not seem like the perfect timing, but she's made it work and her business is actually growing now. All of this is just a reminder that If you are on the fence right now or hesitating to launch your bakery because of COVID-19, please don't let this stop you. There is no better time to start than right now. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow Melody on Instagram at Sweet Condessa Pastries and send her a DM letting her know you listened to this and loved her interview. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any episodes and be sure to rate and leave a review. As always, head to the show notes to find more resources and tips, and I'll connect with you over on Instagram. I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. 
If you found this helpful, be sure to subscribe, rate my show, and leave a review. I can't wait to hang out with you again here on the Just Because Podcast.